Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full grown by now. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. From the cold, chilly cabins of Camp Crystal Lake to outer space, we are Halloweenies! Hello there, campers, and welcome back to Halloweenies, presented by Bloody FM, the number one horror podcast network out there. For the second time this year, we're back at Camp Crystal Lake. I'm your host, Michael Minor Rothman, shivering once again around the campfire on this cold, wintry night outside. You guessed it. We're still here, Higgins Haven, where we've assembled for yet another discussion on Friday the 13th. But this time, we're tossing aside our 3D glasses, for a box of chocolates, some bubbly, and maybe even some late-night shower play, uh, if you catch my reference. Because today, we're talking about our five, count them, five favorite couples to grace the Friday the 13th franchise. Is it going to be Steve and Alice, Trish and Ron, or even Lori and Will? Good question. And while I have the answers, you're going to have to wait until I open these five Valentine's Day cards with some hockey masks on them. So take a seat on this here log and join me around the fire, because fortunately, we're not alone. Yeah, yeah. Jason's out there in the woods somewhere, ready to pounce and fuck up our quasi-romantic fair here tonight. But we're also joined by two other Halloweenies tonight, and they're both ready to play Cupid in Camp Crystal Lake. Justin, say hello and tell us what makes a good horror movie couple in your book. Hey, this is Justin Voorhees Gerber. I can't remember what my nickname was during the Friday Thirteenth season. I don't know if we even had nicknames back in back in the day, but I know. Anyway. I, tra- I can't think of it really at this point. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was Justin Jason like Gerber. I think that's Some stupid. Justin Voorhees like Gerber, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm sure will be added on on all the socials, but please direct them all to uh, Blue Seattle or oh, <laughs> Michael yeah. Rothman. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> all of them, please. Uh, what makes a good couple? It's very simple, actually, and it's, it's usually very hard to do in these slasher movies, and that is don't be annoying. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that we've come up with a, I, I don't know what you two have done actually, but I, I'm confident in this crew that we have managed to, to scrounge through the roughage and find uh, five, at least five uh, delectable in some cases uh, couples. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we, what we came up with here. Me too. Me too. Uh, well, because Mike, I'm, you're I the know. only person that knows the answer. You're I know the, the answer, person. so I'm not. It's not like I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward to your reactions now. So that'll be mm. fun. Uh, well, Mike Vanderbilt, my older brother, you are the playboy around these parts. But uh, I gotta ask: Do you have time for love, or is there no time for love, <laughs> uh, Doctor Vanderbilt? <laughs> uh, you know what? I the one thing I've always wanted to do on Valentine's Day, if you'd want to talk about love that I've never gotten to do, is go to White Castles. 
Mm, they do something special mm. then, right? They put out like white tablecloths and candles and really set it up real nice. I've, I've driven <laughs> past when I've seen what they've done. But I've always, working uh, in the service industry, I've yeah. always had to work Valentine's Day. So I've never gotten to do the White Castle. Well, you know what they probably do also? That, that same white fabric okay. that they use on the tables, they probably use the same on the, to, to uh, align the Stop. toilet seats. Stop. Oh, Lord. Disgusting. Stop. <laughs> I, I, you know, I almost would say I, I'll, I'll no do you one, a favor and go and check myself, but I'm pretty sure Sammy uh, would not want to go to White Castle for for Valentine's Day. So unfortunately, we'll never know. We'll just never know. I guess maybe we'll pose that to the question uh, on the socials. You'd be like, hey, who's gonna, who out there, Halloweenies listeners are going to go to White Castle on <laughs> Valentine's Day and uh, take photos for us because we, well, we need to know. I was always. Under the I want to say Donnie McHenry seems like. The type of guy that would go to the White Castle for uh, for Valentine's Day. Well, let's ask. We should ask him next time about this because I feel like Diamond Henry uh, is, like, is a constant listener to the, to our podcasts. But I feel like the first wedding anniversary is the cake in the freezer, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed. I, to I think that. the second is six cheeseburger sliders from White Castle. <laughs> yeah, and then the third is uh, that night to go to the hospital room. <laughs> Um, I, you know, it's fu- to be fair, I've never met well, anyone. You guys got tender bowels or something? I, you can't, I, I, you can't handle uh, white castle, little white castles late at night. You know what? I got to be fair because I've never. The only person I've, I guess, the equivalent which we have down in South Florida is Crystal, and I yes. and I know that I know multiple people who have been hospitalized because of Crystal before, <laughs> but I can't say the same thing for White Castle though. So I don't know. Hey, I watched well, you get down in some White Castle. I did. I was starving on Halloween a yeah. couple of years back. Yeah, I'll say this: the the problem with White Castle is, you know, they're like, oh look, look how small these burgers are, you know, mm-hmm. so misleading. Because I don't know what the hell is in there, but they pack it with so much of the good bad stuff that you get ninety percent. You know, you're going to beef. It's it's food coma. It's just an yeah. absolute food coma. You get like the meat sweats. I'm a big fan of their fries. Anyway, we're we're thrilled to be talking about Valentine's Day and yeah. <laughs> couples. Good, good way to bring us back. You know, I am a huge fan of Valentine's Day, and it's you know I know that's a very polarizing thing to say because there are a lot of single people out there and they don't like it. But I even when I was single, I still like Valentine's Day because I like the. uh, I I mean, look, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I had a good track record being able to you know get a date around Valentine's Day, so I was I I always enjoyed at least going out and, and and going out there. But the thing I love about it so much is that after Christmas, even before New Year's, I'm already I'm already depressed. I'm like, all right, well, the holidays are over. New Year's is fine, but I don't really see it as any difference than any New other Year's day is more of a couple's holiday than Valentine's. It day really is because that's I agree. A, with you know that. it is. Yeah. It's not a couple's holiday. It's a coupling holiday. It is no. a coupling holiday. Yeah, but I, I would say with Valentine's Day, at least it gives us some sort of I don't know, for lack of a better word, a hallmark holiday early in the first quarter, which we don't really get. So, and I like red. I like red a lot. I'm a huge fan of red. And I said red. Because we're talking about Friday the 13th, and there's a lot of blood in Friday the 13th. So that's going to bring us back here to this franchise right now. And why are we doing this? Well, we originally were going to do something broader, and we were going to list our five favorite couples in horror, period. But as Indy Mm. said, and should I say Mike Vanderbilt, it's all about the mileage. So Vanderbilt actually posed the idea of just focusing on one franchise, which is, in this case, Friday the 13th. Because little T's... We can do so many other franchises. You are exactly. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, Season so, eighteen, the Leprechaun franchise. Exactly. Soon. So we, you know, when Vanderbilt, when you pose this question, I thought it was great. Justin thought it was great. The rest of the gang approved, and so here we are. And isn't this inside baseball fun? <laughs> like, <laughs> Inspired by Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. 
Yeah, because it, like, it really was that. I mean, I feel like it, because we've been back, you know, we've we've kind of dialed back a little bit to some of our old franchises, and then it kind of opened the world a little bit because I think this is kind of the first of many, what is it, double backs, or we can call them, to our old franchises that we've talked about before. I mean, we already did that with Halloween when we do that, when we go to Haddonfield every October. But mm-hmm. if we do these type of features and we do these type of lists and we we, we definitely specify that they're, Maybe Friday the 13th is in this case, or maybe we do a Nightmare on Elm Street one uh, next month. It gives us a chance to kind of go back to these franchises, and I think this will be fun, and I think that I think you will have fun too, Halloweenies listeners. So uh, <laughs> before we get to the countdown, I wanted to talk a little bit about Friday the 13th, as if we didn't do enough in the whole year of 2020. Um, is this the best or worst franchise for couples? Uh, hmm. It's a great question, Mike. Oh, God. I'm I'm going through every movie of every other franchise right now in the back of my head. You know, I'd say it's middle it's middle tier. Yeah, I don't know if it's the because be- I, I would say the best probably would be Scream, right? In terms of mm. iconic. I couples. was leaning. I was leaning into Elm Street, but oh, yeah, I could see yeah. I could see I, Scream as well. well. I think Halloween's probably the worst. I oh, agree with yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, nothing but a, nothing but assholes in that yeah. series. I tell you what. Yeah. Even in this franchise, with the exception of maybe a couple movies, there's there's at least a couple that you like, hmm. and I, I, you can't say that about all the other franchises. Well, there's a wider. Well, I guess there, I was going to say there's a wider swath, but I guess there really isn't. Oh, when you compare it to the Halloween franchise now, huh? oh, especially that, yeah. Well, so, yeah, okay. I would say, would you say the worst is Hellraiser? Well, the thing about Hellraiser is that, especially in the later sequels, most of those leads are deplorable people. So you're mm-hmm. not really going to be rooting for them in any relationship. And there's not really big ensembles going on in those later ones either. So, yeah, um, yeah even the first one, Kirsty and that guy, I guess. But, you know, yeah. they don't compare to the top five sucks. of the Friday the 13th franchise, you know. No, no, no. Close. Friday the 13th is great because I would say out of all the franchises, there's more economy here. And maybe it's just because of the camp setting. Mm. You know, racking my brain to think of certain couples to fulfill the five list here. I was kind of overwhelmed. I was a little overwhelmed. And I I found myself digging through Wikipedia more than I would have if someone tasked me for Elm Street or Scream or Halloween. Just because every entry I kept flipping through on Wikipedia, I kept going, oh, yeah, that couple. Oh, yeah, this couple. Oh, that actor was in this. I forgot about that. Like... There's just so many more people I feel like within every Friday the 13th movie that I can't really say the same thing with, I don't know, maybe the other franchises we covered. It just seems like there's at least like what, the mean average, you're the Gerbalitis man, would you say there's like eight kids per movie at this point that you have to choose from? Or like would eight be the the, the appropriate yeah, estimation? Yeah, for, for each movie, for the amount of people that you're dealing with per movie. I mean, honestly, when you really start to average it out, it's probably like over 10 at the end it's of the pretty day wild. You know? especially yeah. if, if, if he's figured in the fifth movie alone which has about 35 characters that destroys the average you know what I mean? it does yeah and so it's hard there's um, a lot of characters in these movies to get down to was it hard for you to come up with a list you know what no no oh, okay. but i say that and no joke right before we were going to record i almost panicked because I didn't, I didn't want you to, have to adjust any change. I didn't want you to, have to change mm-hmm. anything. Because I understand how complicated that gets when you're averaging out the rankings and stuff. But man, there's a couple I for, totally forgot about to put on this list. That, that's probably my number one, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that one of you two have them on this list. I'm very curious to see okay. what happens here. 
will be curious. If, I should note, no one has seen the results except for me. Yes. This, will, this will be fun. This will be a, a little bit of a, a Vegas reveal. I don't know what that means, but I just wanted to say Vegas. <laughs> oh, blackjack. <laughs> because, all right, so I was talking to Always the scholar of Friday the 13th. I mean, <laughs> Justin, you probably know this franchise better than everyone on this podcast. But Mike, how about you? Was it hard for you to come up with your five for this, or did you kind of just scribble it out really fast? I, I, I knew at least three of them. I think it was harder for me to come up with, like, Two more, but I knew three right, like right off the bat. It was just yeah. a matter of rank, ranking them. Yeah, but even I then, would, I kind of had a good idea where they would fall in the ranking. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, there's one couple in here that's a shoe in that was pretty much like a guarantee lock for number one for me that I had immediately. And I think listeners, you probably could guess what that's going to be. Uh, but I was, you know, going into. I think by the time we got to four and five. I was kind of searching through some of those sequels and seeing, like, all right, is there any left hooks here? It was easier finding the worst couples. Yeah. Oh, yes. Which we'll, we, will, be, yeah. we, we will be tackling. Sorry, Internet. Uh, I know you don't like when people list the worst things, but uh, hey, fuck it. Well, shall we? Shall we go into our top five couples? We're going to do five to one, like uh, the, the great bar Jim Morrison uh, said years and years ago. We're going to start with number five. This is our, our fifth favorite. Mm. Now, again, how we did this. I asked everyone for their top fives. They sent it to me. I did my top five, collated it all together. And here we are. Mm. Number five. Number five goes to Stephen Freeman and Jessica Kimball from Jason hey! Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, you know played what? by John DeLemay and Carrie Keegan. Justin, I can't believe it. I feel yeah. justified. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel don't... justified like FX's tel- uh, hit television show returning <laughs> to the airwaves. As somebody's familiar with Gerberlytics, I think I know how this ended up happening. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, you know what, Mike? I don't hate it. I, I think I, I do like it. And it also kind of – something else we need to discuss when we talk about couples here is that this just means a coupling situation, right? This means sometimes the movies start and these are – Couples already in progress. Yeah, you know, no, we're this is a, in, a media in media rest. Yes, exactly. Sometimes we're seeing them get together, and then sometimes they don't really get together until the very end. Mm-hmm. So that's what I took into consideration. And this definitely falls into this unique category, of Vanderbilt, right? Because these people were together before, right? And this might be the only instance, or maybe the in terms of like an intense relationship ending. Before the movie begins, I'm not counting part three with Rick, and, and that doesn't count. And being rekindled, I think that's yes. the real trick. Yeah, because you Wait, could yeah. you could put Alice and Steve Christie in that category, right? Because it seems like their relationship is at least on the rocks. Yeah, but I think the extremity, the extreme of this that, that they have a kid together oh. has definitely never happened before or since that I can think of in the Friday. Well, the it's Friday very series. adult, which is something that yeah. Adam Marcus said that he wanted to bring to the franchise with that film. With yeah. he, he wanted to bring an adult sensibility to the film that has a body swapping serial killer. Hey, whatever you well, he do. did his best. You know, he really did his best. Yeah, the really <laughs> Which, the only teens that get killed in that movie when you think about it are the the reshoots <laughs> in the forest. That's and, true. Uh, I tell you what, uh, I mean, I guess this is an old joke when it comes to Friday the Thirteenth. It's debatable whether any of those people are teenagers. Oh yeah, oh, yeah man, no, I they mean, could be twenty eight or seventeen. I don't know anymore. So Vanderbilt, this is obviously your choice. This is you, the highest for you. Do you have anything else that you want to say about Steve and Jessica? Yes, it's very, it, it does feel like a very adult relationship in a time when the franchise was pretty much dabbling with, uh, well, I like guess late teen, early 20 somethings. But this does feel like very 
to to quote a '90s show, thirty something. If you if you want to be be real about it, um, what do you what do you have to say? It brings that element of uh, brings a new element of drama that I don't think had been seen in a Friday the Thirteenth franchise before. And again, that goes to what I always say about Jason Goes to Hell about how imaginative it is. Is that after eight films of varying quality, why not do something different? And that's what Jason Goes to Hell does. Not only in terms of all the horror elements, but with the uh, characters, and I dig that. Yeah, mm, yeah, that's fair. Uh, any other thoughts? I mean, I, I actually think they're, that's probably the most interesting parts of uh, this movie, other than Creighton Duke, who I think is really underused in that movie. Yeah. I want to know what happened to the actor who, who plays... Jessica? Yeah, Kari Keegan, who plays Jessica yeah. Kimball. Yeah. What happened to her? I thought she was a good actor. I thought she was good in this movie. You, you never, I've never really seen her again. Harry Keegan. Well, she was in. Let's see. Let, let's take a look real quick. She was in Friday Thirteenth the series, which is interesting. Oh, which that means explains that she, a lot because she's so probably was, before the movie. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. And yeah. of course, Stephen uh, was a star on Friday Thirteenth the series. Oh, she has an uncredited role in Jerry Maguire as former girlfriend. Oh, she does. Oh, she's yeah. probably one of the people that in the quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think she's the one that's like he can't be alone. Yeah. And then and then Donald Logue, the great Donald Logue, oh, is just like right, here we go. Love you. Oh, that's no, that's Carrie Keegan. That's not. Or Carrie Keegan's been doing just fine. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure what happened to her. Hmm. Well, no, Carrie Keegan is. Yeah. So she was in The Prince of Pennsylvania from ni- in 1988. I remember that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, her. Uh, she was in Jeremy Bar. She was in Mind Games, though, in 2003. And now it looks like that was the last thing that she was in. Okay, well. We're still talking about her 30 years later, so... Hey, congrats. You that, made the that list. That does mean something, I guess. You made the list. Any other thoughts on Steve and Jessica? I like how they walk away in, in the sunset together. That might be the, also the only time that ever happens in a Friday 13th movie. Literal hey, sunset. They survived sunrise, the I should say. Sunrise. Mm-hmm. I would say, would you argue that they had the, the toughest Friday to, to battle? In a way... Kind of. You kind of have to play a little uh, whodunit mystery game with them a little bit with the, the you know the body swipe swapping and all. Like a prelude well, to fallen. The fact that the movie starts and she seems to be in a happy relationship with uh, the guy from Desperate Housewives. Stephen was it Cul- Stephen Culp? Is that right? Stephen Culp. Yes, that's right. Is he the son of Robert Culp? I can somebody see, look I that mean, up. Somebody look it, that up. It sure <laughs> looks like it. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to leave it to you. And then all of a sudden they're back together by the end of the night. That's a pretty. That's definitely a hell of a roller coaster. <laughs> it's about. a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like um, what was the movie that I just watched uh, recently? Oh yeah, Dante's Peak. In that movie, like Pierce Brosnan <laughs> and Linda Hamilton, there's like a meet cute with them, and they finally like you know they get out of this mine. Spoiler alert! And they kiss, and you just like imagine that they have to be together for the rest of their lives, right? Like they've been under this. They've been. They've literally survived a fucking volcano. It would be really depressing to think like a year later, like, oh, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't, uh, you know, f- put her clothes away. I can't do this relationship. You know, things are breaking off financially unstable, yada, yada, yada. No, like, I feel like if you go through these insane things like these characters do in these movies, you're set for life. But hey, what do I know? You know, maybe for all we know, maybe uh, Stephen and uh, Jessica, you know, they, they fell into a nightmare. And I, and I mean that. Unintended, because we see Freddy Krueger at the end of this movie. All right, shall we move on? Number four? Uh, so I have to say that Robert Culp and Stephen Culp are not related. Oh, uh, okay. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Right. For all you Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 fans out there, that's uh, not the case. Sorry. 
Well, they were champing at the bit, waiting, waiting to know when before we got to number four. Uh, number four, though, mm. this will be this will make you uh, happy, Justo. Ginny Field and Paul Holt from P- Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, played by Amy Steele and John Fury. Ginny, uh, Justin, Justin, Ginny. Ginny here. <laughs> uh, you had Ginny and Paul at number two on your list, so I'm going to give you the floor. What makes this a great couple in your mind? I love it right off the bat. I think the first, the scene that stands out to me is when um she's going to bed that night. And he kind of sh- surprises her in the cabin. The-, the chemistry between the two of them is terrific in that scene alone. I love just watching them hang out and banter. It doesn't happen a lot in these movies mm-hmm. when you think about it. There's always either like a deep conversation or a huge heavy monologue. But just the two of them kicking back at the bar specifically, hanging out with, is it, it's Ted, right? In the it's second Ted. One? We always forget it's Ned, Ted, and Teddy. I've got to remember that. One, yeah, two, and Ned's four. in the first one. And then, yeah, and then... Ted's in the second one, and Teddy is in the fourth one to make things even more complicated. Jesus Christ. But I just love the two of them together, and I think the fact that we don't know what happens to Paul does add this bit of uh, mystery to the proceedings. It's kind of tragic in its own way. That Just a couple hours earlier, they were just coming home from having a good night out, and the next thing you know, she's just asking where Paul is, and she does not get an answer. But we, we, we see that Jason's about to kill Paul with, I think, a pickaxe, right? So- no, it, it ends with her... She crashes, he crashes through the window and then he, yeah. and then it, it cuts to her the next morning. So, but we never see, does Jason, do we see at least some sort of a, like, do they allude to the fact that Paul could be dead because they, doesn't Jason no. attack him or something like that? No. Okay. He, they, they, they did not show that. Why so the hell is Paul know. vanished at the end? Is, is he like a, you know. He comes in the door with the dog and she goes, come here to Muffin. And then Jason jumps in the window and that's the, and that's it. We don't see anything else after that. So we don't know if the, either of them, if they survive or not, right? No, we definitely know Ginny oh, survived. Okay, so Ginny does Ginny survive. Ginny gets taken away in the stretcher, and she keeps asking, where's Paul? And then so do you, to the, what do you think? Where do you think Paul is? I think Paul is, well, do you think it's a dream when Jason bursts through the window? Or do you think it really happened? And I think it really happens. I think Paul is dead, to quote the, the Beatles. Beatles uh, yeah. Rubber Soul, right? No, I'm just joking. Not Rubber Soul. It's like Abbey Road, right? Or uh, the White Album? Don't they do the the? They do when a it bunch started? of it on the White Album, and then they tease. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Just with the cover of White, of Abbey Road, he's not wearing the shoes, so they're like, yeah. oh, that's kind of weird. Hey, should we go talk about the Beatles a little bit first, real quick? Sure. Round round Robin here. Favorite Beatles oh, album, Justin? Oh God. <laughs> That's like, that's like asking somebody who their favorite couple is in a Friday the yeah. 13th movie. <laughs> you got five seconds. Five, four, oh, three, God. two, one. Revolver. Okay, that's a good one. Vanderbilt, favorite Beatles album. Five. Uh, the, the first one. Four. <laughs> now, is it the uh, UK first one? <laughs> yeah. Or is it the US? Exactly. Is it, is it with the Beatles or is it uh, meet is the it Beatles? The, or? The, do you like the mono release or the stereo release? Please, you, please me. Which one is it, my boy? Uh, okay. So are you an early Beatles fan or a later Beatles fan? Oh me, I yeah. I like the Beatles all the way through, but I I yeah. I am not. I would not call myself a scholar of them. Uh, I think I began to pay more attention to the Beatles with my love of Cheap Trick. Because, no, yes, because they uh, take so much from them. Yeah, so that kind of leads you down that path. Because I went through that phase like everybody and and does I think in high school or something. Ah, to hell with the Beatles. I'm sick of hearing about them. You know. Yeah, and I but mean, I, I I write it that wrong. I have the I have the stereo box set. Oh yeah. Do you think we should start like a Beatles podcast? I feel like that's never <laughs> been done before, right? Like there's no there's definitely no like really good Beatles casts out there, right? Nobody like, ever uh, talks about that. No. That's like that's like saying, you know, I don't think anybody's ever done a horror podcast before, but No, know. definitely not. 
We should, we, we, you know, that should be our next season is like we're in, we're, we've been teasing like the next one all throughout the, you know, the later it's this like year. For the first time ever, ever, the U.S. pressings of the Beatles covered. Please, please me to Abbey Road or to <laughs> let it be. How do you feel it ends? Vanderbilt, seriously, do you think Paul lives or dies at the end yeah. of uh, for Friday 13th Part 2? McCartney? Paul McCartney, yes. <laughs> do you think Paul McCartney <laughs> survived? <dead> 81? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his career was pretty rough. Yeah, that really rough. Very true. All that Michael Post Jackson's shit. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The girl Paul's is dead. Mine. Paul's oh, dead. Okay. We, we yeah. don't get happy endings in the Friday the Thirteenth series. Well, what do Every you think happens? We do. Every once in a while. What do you think happens to uh, to uh, Guinea? Is it Ginny or Guinea? Ginny. It's definitely Ginny. Oh, uh, she ends up in uh, she ends up in uh, the mental facility, right? Like the uh, Juniper Hills or something like that. Un- unused uh, script for uh, at least a uh, concept for Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. That's right. The way they, they continue on with her, maybe. What it, with her being in a mental as- asylum and then Jason coming into the mental asylum? And yeah, Jason that could still you know that her, still yeah. could have happened. Mm-hmm. I'd be like <laughs> a new beginning, though, right? <laughs> kind of. I'm sure that you could arguably maybe they took some elements of that and, and made that into Part Five. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Here's a question. Does being one of the stronger final girls have a lot to do with this placement? Well, yeah, I think because yeah. one of the things that's to kind of echo what Justin was saying, why because they made my this couple made my list too, is that they're equals. Mm-hmm. Which I think is also interesting yeah. because not only is she strong, but so is he. Sometimes there's a tendency to maybe make uh, in a relationship where the woman is a stronger character, they make the man kind of dopey and stupid. But Paul's not like that. Like I like uh, I like how Paul handles the sheriff I, mm-hmm. when the, the kids get caught over in uh, Camp Crystal Lake, and they just have like a good give and take. It feels like a re- it feels like a real relationship, or at least what a relationship should be. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's a great dynamic. It's a good dynamic between the two of them. Well, she would return. Five years later in April Fool's Day, which is a fun Another movie. Steve Miner. Steve Miner. Good, good times. But fun fact, I didn't realize this. And this, is, this happened after our season. She returned in a fan film. In 2021, uh, Dr. Ginny Field, she uh, returned in Jason Rising, a Friday the 13th fan film, which, hmm. as we know for the past 13 years, that's been the only way we've had Friday the 13th <laughs> exactly. beyond a, a video game. And that still seems to be the case, considering that we had this interesting spout of information and, and stuff. And, you know, we're hearing about Sean S. Cunningham making a reboot. And yeah. So anyway. When you start hearing reports that Hinge on quotes like, we're hoping to. Yeah. I don't hold my breath. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Like, okay, give me some contracts. Give me a press release. Give me something more concrete than that, you know? Well, I don't hold my breath anywhere around Crystal Lake, am I right? You know, it's gonna, you know, you could drown easily over there. So, uh, oh, yeah, I don't even anyway. go into water. I'm terrified of water. Yeah, that's my, I, that's my main weakness. According to Ronnie, you. <laughs> so, Vanderbilt, any other thoughts, Jeanine and Paul? Is Paul no. who's the Stone Cold Fox? Of the two of them. Paul's more my type. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jeanine's just got a little too much of that like sissy sissy SpaceX kind of look. Yeah, that's just not my thing. That. You know, it's just it's just not uh, what I like, what I look for in a young lady. Yeah, Jenny for me has everything I look for in a young man. Paul's a good looking guy, and very he, strong. Well, like I mean, his wardrobe. They're, they're not casting these people not for their looks, you know. So I mean, everybody looks <laughs> yeah, pretty great true. in this movie too. Yeah, yeah. I will say something that that won't make any sense. I've tried to explain it for the last thirty years, but it you know to, I, I fail each time. But I'm going to put it on record finally. Ginny to me is who I, I call peanut butter and jelly 
Now I've, I've called folks this for years because there's one person that used to torment to me in, in middle school or not middle school, uh, grade school, like probably first or second grade. And Ginny looks a lot like her. And there, anytime I see anyone that looks a lot like this person, <laughs> I always say, oh, peanut butter and jelly uh, girl. And but what's, so, the, what's the PBJ behind it? I don't get it. Do they used to eat PBJ? No, she used to always eat PBJs. And I remember one time she was making fun of me throughout this whole time. And then one time at lunch, I remember it was like really hot outside and she just got peanut butter and jelly on her face. And, <laughs> and in my head, I thought she looked silly even though she makes fun of me all the time. So it was like, in my head, I got the, the best of it. But no, I, in my head, so I've just always called her a peanut butter and jelly girl. It makes no sense. And, and here again, <laughs> I fail trying to explain what this fucking means, but I had and to put still, it on record. And all these years later, apparently she still has the upper hand. She has the upper hand here. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But Ginny absolutely looks like this person. And for that, I, uh, I think she's a great final girl, but she always rem- she's a peanut butter and jelly girl to me. So, you know, maybe if I had the skills of Van Morrison, I could have made a, a song called Peanut Butter and Jelly Girl and there'd be a, you know, oh, a different favorite. Peanut Butter and Jelly Girl. You know, making fun of me at the playroom. But okay. She better so, not get vaccinated. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. Oh, Van. Uh, well, what? We're Live about too uh, long. Yeah, because I forgot he's he's an anti vaxxer, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, big time. Yeah, he's a goofball. Oh God, yeah, he is. Uh, well, he's uh, he does a really good cover of uh, of Roger Waters, numb. comfortably numb. And Roger Speaking Waters, he, just had, uh, he yeah. also does that really good cover of that uh, John Mill John Cougar Mellencamp song. Is that first thing, first thing, folks? I do. You know, Vanbril, I agree. I I do love Van Morrison's cover of John Mellencamp's. Mm. And Michelle Nagel Cello yes. on the bass. A great, great vocalist as well. Well, glad to know that uh, Van's still out there <laughs> killing it on he's the still, stage. He's, still, he's still out there. He's still out there Jason. just like Jason. <laughs> but he's still there. Van, uh, who ma'am. would you be more scared of? <laughs> it's like, ma'am, we can't <laughs> find Van Morrison. <laughs> we can't find more. <laughs> Van's out there, yeah. and he's hungry. Uh, oh, God. yeah. What do you think he was doing? So we were doing Friday the 13th. During the mm. pandemic, what do you think Van Morrison was doing during the pandemic? Probably acting like a whatever the fuck moron. he wanted. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Do you think he's friends with Eric Clapton? Oh yes. no, yeah, they both they were both like I think they, they both were... tried to put out a concert. Yeah, like is everyone to... dropping dead like it's you know <laughs> fucking the stand while they're uh, performing up on lucky. stage. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Well, we've lost about you know hundred fucking listeners probably doing that. I would hope bit. that most of uh, our Clapton listeners was always would a jerk, be laughing though. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Clapton has that what song? That song that's on the Back to the Future soundtrack. That's pretty good. It's like I did into the night. Heaven's one step away. Yeah, I like that song. That's a good song. Well, that's exactly what applies for Van if he didn't get vaccinated. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. I said heaven. Heaven's one step away. Oh wow. Are you saying he's going to hell? Which which? No, I would never say that out loud on the podcast. Hell's not real. Yeah, exactly. Only a figment of our imagination, and hopefully Van's number three. Mm. Are you guys ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Excited. I'm, I'm actually excited. There's no last names for this go around. It is just mm. Andy and Debbie from Friday the 13th Part 3, played hey, by Jeffrey right. Rogers and Tracy Savage. I have a feeling that... Only at number three? Yeah, it's this only at number, number three. This is my number five on my list. Oh, man. This is my well, number one. So this is your number one, and I'm just going to pivot to you because you have to explain why this is your number one. And you have to also acknowledge, is this 3D bias since we just watched this multiple <laughs> times recently? 
I like the yo-yo and put it over the top for Vanderbilt. Yeah, it, it is not. It is, it is not three D bias, but it is also it goes back to what I said about Ginny and Paul in mm. that they are equals, and this feels real, and it feels like a lived-in relationship. And I don't know if they're teenagers or not, but at this point in the series, the characters could be early twenties. In fact, that's I kind of figure they're early twenties just because they are having a kid and they seem to be going about it very wisely. Mm-hmm. And casually speaking about it too, you know, yeah, she's just kind of like, I, I can't, I'm pregnant, you know. It's not an emergency situation. It's like there was never a debate: do we keep the baby or not? It was no, we're we're in a relationship. Uh, I, there's no last names. They might be married, for all we know. But I'm mm-hmm. certainly not a moralist when it comes to that. I don't believe in all that bullshit. Yeah, I've never really looked at their fingers. In, in the movies. Maybe next time I watch this for the eighth time this year, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> keep an eye on their ring fingers. But I think uh, what's most interesting is like with Andy's, all the uh, kind of uh, trickery he can do with the handstand mm-hmm. and the yo-yos and the juggling. I don't think you guys know this, but he comes from a long line of circus performers from the oh, Crystal no. Lake, from the Crystal Lake area. And the, Back in the 50s, the fa- his family tried to bring Jason into the circus as part of the sideshow. And that will, and all that and more I will be it. explored in the new prequel coming from Brian Fuller on NBC Peacock. Woo-hoo-hoo. I can't wait. Oh, it's hey, going to be great. Hey, look, if they actually go that deep with the mythology with Andy's family, I'm in. You know I'm in. I love that. That would be uh, that would get a standing applause for me uh, if they were able to go that deep. At the same time, you know that we're just going to have to sympathize with Jason and also Pamela and all this other stuff that this series is going to do. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm already a subscriber of Peacock, so I guess I could say that I'm I'm so excited that I'm already waiting. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting I here think, on I heard Peacock. that you are, you are so excited that you're contributing to the the budget for this show. <laughs> I am keeping the premium subscription on Peacock for another year and a half. That's you know what? Look, I uh, well, you yeah, like wrestling, don't you, Mike? Uh, they got all the wrestling events on. Well, there. they they have they have wrestling and they also have uh, Tar starring yeah, Kate Tar Blanchett. Is great. Yeah, I did I did a, a disservice to I guess my own reputation as a critic, and I don't even know why I'm sharing this. I was about to start Tar last night, and the credits started rolling, and I realized that it was already 9 o'clock, and I was had a really long day, and so I turned it off and went to Maneater on, on Hulu, <laughs> which lasted 10 minutes, and because I got depressed about where Shane's West's uh, career was at the time, and that was my night. I said, what you know what? What the hell is Maneater? It's a, it's a shark movie. It's a dumb shark movie. Oh, I love okay. shark movies. Okay. So I just put it on because I couldn't focus on anything. And then I saw Shane West was in this movie, and I said, oh, man, I remember when this guy was, like, on the front lines of being, like, the it guy. And now he's this. in this yeah. two-bit movie that's awful. Like, there, <laughs> it, it, this, the movie is just, uh, it's really bad. But What was the movie he was in with Mandy Moore, Sweet November? A, a, a Walk to Remember. A Walk to Remember. Yeah, that was, like, a big, like, people were talking about him. And then he did some punk movie. I think it was something on the germs, maybe. I can't remember what it was. And he was really, he like really leaned into it. Like, I guess he was in a cover band for him too, but mm. didn't work out for him. And clearly not because he's wearing a pirate hat. Like he's fucking Judge <laughs> Reinhold in, uh, you know, Fast Times Ridgemont High in the Shark movie. Oh, anyway, Peacock, really excited. I'm every night I would get up and I, and I, I log on to it and I wonder is, is Camp Crystal Lake already up yet? Or is hey, Crystal look, Lake, you know, you know? I, I told you this before. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this thing. Yeah, you guys want to tell me how it, it is. 
whatever. Yeah. Like you're not going to watch it. Like you're yeah. not going to watch it. Come on. Hey, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just done with the prequel. I have prequelitis. I'm, I'm exhausted. Oh, look, by you it. know, you know, I usually am very allergic to prequels, but you know, this is, we'll see what happens. All we can do is see what happens. You know, we could see what happens. So let's talk a little bit more about this couple. Worst fate in terms of the death, right? Oof. Like this is, this is awful. Like this is, is for me, every time I revisit this movie, I I just hate Jason that much more. He, <laughs> hey, like he's such a dickhead. Like, <laughs> like let's let's talk about this death for a minute because so mm-hmm. he gets killed. He gets split in half by Jason mm-hmm. while doing a handstand. Yeah. God. So you so know, gr- it's only a split second, but that man feels his penis get chopped in half. Uh... Yeah. Now I'm sure both of you men have just grazed your nuts on something. And you know that pain. <laughs> well, yeah. Can you imagine the machete? Like, uh, like, you only have a split second to live, and that's what you feel. That's awful. Yeah. Terrible. I, I, it, it's and, the worst. And you have the time of your life a split second before exactly. It Literally like doing a, split a handstand, <laughs> drinking beers, having sex, reading Fangoria, everything. Uh, well, the yeah. old Fangoria. Well, yeah, the old Fangoria, which I actually and hey, she those has, and fun. also the, a machete through the chest. I believe yeah. it is is pretty brutal too, you know. So, and yeah. what about the baby? I know. What about the baby? Well, we you, it's pretty much confirmed that she is pregnant, though, right? Yeah, she says I'm pregnant. She is, yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the movie, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, pretty risque. I mean, this is a very disturbing, tragic uh, death, and it really depresses me every time we watch it because I, I don't know when I'm on a cabin trip. Those late nights when everyone's kind of doing their own thing and you get the idea that like, okay, everyone's on, kind of marching to the beat of their own drum, respectively. Let's, have, let's go have some fun in this corner. This is what's happening here. And it's by far the best part of the cabin trip. And this motherfucker just decides to ruin it for no other reason than the fact that he has to kill <laughs> yeah. people. Like he's, he's the- Oh, I thought, you were talking about, I thought you were talking about Shelly. No, no, Shelly's having a fun time out there too. Just to, just he's trying kind of, to have a good time with, with somebody out there. In the yeah, it doesn't work out too well, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Andy and Debbie, oof, sad stuff. And also hot. Like, I mean, very both hot. Of them. Yeah, very attractive. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what's funny though is that when she, the scene that she says, I'm pregnant, when it would air on USA, I mean, they, they honestly show just about all the violence, but because she was offered a joint, they don't show that moment. So on TV, she never says I'm pregnant. So for oh, years, and I would watch it on USA. I just never registered <laughs> until I finally watched it streaming, and she says I'm pregnant. I went, wait, well, this is a whole other movie. Yeah, that's a I, totally, I, totally different movie. I wasn't able to get this joke in on the commentary because I didn't notice it until I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Three two days later at Analog. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be some 3D bias here. A little the bit. scene a little where bit. they're walking and she mentions that she's pregnant, it totally looks like a tampon commercial. <laughs> You see that you specifically think, in 1982 tampon. Commercial. Oh, indeed, indeed. Do you think Steve Miners like ever directed tampon commercials? Should we ask him? Should we have asked him that in flashback last week? Last I year, I think when tampon commercials. Well, let's let's go into this category. Yeah, let's do uh, it. I don't hey, think. What's that, your opinion I think Miner moved on to, the, to film by the time that these commercials were really in the zeitgeist. Mm. You don't think like after Forever Young? You no, know, I don't think he was following up Forever Young with any type of. Hey, David Lynch was Medical doing commercial. like random ass commercials in the '90s, like when he was at his heyday. So who knows? Well, let me you go ahead know. and let's Google the commercial career of Steve Miner. Before I don't know Big if it's Bully listed. I'm pretty sure Joe Dante Young. still does commercials because it's easy work. It's totally like easy money, work. Especially from uh, good the, the, yeah. I don't think it's listed anywhere either, so we just won't know. So let's just hope. I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to put it out in the ether. 
I want Steve Miner to come back to Flashback Weekend here in Chicago because we need to find out if uh, you know if he ever directed it. If he ever had that not so fresh feeling, Steve, yeah, we've you know, had you never more. Know. We've we've covered more movies directed by you than literally anybody else. We have yeah. got to ask you: Did you ever do any sanitary commercials? <laughs> what? Yeah, he'll be like, "Get away from my table." Yeah, keep talking like, about me. Be like, "Are we going to get the director's cut of H two over?" Okay, we're we're going through this pretty fast. So number two, mm-hmm. this is a great couple, great great couple, and we spent a lot of time talking about them on the on our, on our original episode for this one. No last names either on this one. Jack and Marcy. Yes. From Friday the 13th, 1980, yeah. played by Kevin Bacon and Janine Taylor. Why do you think we are so entranced by these two? Was it just because of that lightning scene with them that we actually get the, that kind of real glimpse of summer love? Well, they're number three for me. Where were they for you guys? I mean, they're pretty high for me. They're, tar- they're th- two for me. I think they were two for me. Yeah. I, I think, uh, well, I think that monologue is awesome. Yeah. First of all, I think that's a really good scene. They just seem like a fun couple. Mm-hmm. Once again, just don't be annoying. And some of the, even the movies I think are terrific, like Final Chapter, for instance. I mean, the couples in that movie are pretty awful. Yeah, there's no good. You know? There is no good couple in the Final Chapter. It's which really I was strange. Disappointed in because I thought for sure because I think we've talked about up until about part four is when you get actually. I think the characters are likable, but none of sure. the char- none of the couples are. And I that's- had one, I had one, and I, I was going because I, I I debated this. I was like, mm. how do we not have any couples here? And the only one I thought of that you could maybe make a fun. Oh argument no, there for, is one. Yeah. Oh god, there is one in the fourth one that's likable. Well, Go ahead, Mike, Mike, what is mine it? is a little left of the dial because I think that if we're talking about you know just before for number three. You know, when we were talking about Andy and Debbie having a great night that got ruined by the incel Jason, these two got a, a night that was ruined also, which was Crispin Glover as Jimmy and uh, Kim uh, Lamar I would have had the other couple. Tina. I would have had the 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 shower oh, yeah. couple. Yeah, and they're great too because she's like she's like I, th- I love him or it's like, I think I'm in love or something like that, right? Yeah. And they're likable. They are. They likeable. are likable. I, I, that would have been that's honorable mention for me. I, I, that's an honorable mention. That's an honorable mention. But um, all right, well, let's talk about a little bit about Jack and Marcy again. Mm. Because for me, what I love about this couple, I don't know if this is going to make much sense, but we talked a little bit about it on the podcast back in 2020 about how Friday the 13th feels a little bit more like a 70s movie, mostly because it was actually shot in the 70s. And mm-hmm. obviously that there's that middle area where, you know, we don't know the decade until you get about one or two years into it. And because of that, I do think that this couple is more in line with the the sort of realistic couples that we get in like, say, Friday, or say Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like Halloween, where mm. it's like almost like this sort of laid back, meditative sort of post flower child couple power vibes that you kind of get in a lot of the early 70s movies. I just feel like this couple aligns more with that than, say, the sort of 80s couples that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. The know? power couples of these movies. Mm hmm. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of why I like them. I, I just feel like they they sort of have this organic bond that doesn't seem so obsessed with sex. Like, I, I don't get the sense that these two are just like jonesing to get back to the, the you know, the cabinet and just fuck their brains out. Like, which they have which other interests, a lot of them. Like, yeah, like thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the reason I feel like we're all gravitating towards the first three movies specifically is the fact that at the end of the day, in terms of the main ensembles of those movies, mm-hmm. they're all like nice people yeah you know what i mean (laughs) Mm because in the fourth one at least half of those people are like assholes 
of the ensemble, at least right. half of the ensemble. And the fifth one, don't get me started. It's like 90% of them are assholes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, so, that's I mean, when, I think that's you know. the thing. It's just like they seem like kind of cool people. You kind of, you're rooting for them, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah. that might be the, a difference maker, in that, especially I'll, with Jack and Marcy. Although, Justin, you say that, you know, his character is not an asshole. But, you know, they never say his age in the film, and that's because he's actually a little bit older. He's about 21 or 22, and he is actually the love child of the couple that was having sex on the dock while Jason Voorhees drowned <laughs> back in the late 1950s. Oh, and we're going to explore that backstory and more on the new Fighter the 13th prequel from Brian Fuller coming soon to NBC's Peacock. And wait, Crystal Lake. Do, do you think maybe we can get <laughs> Jack's Papa could be played by older Kevin Bacon now? I mean, he's on the, I feel like he's been in, in some Peacock stuff already. So maybe they got him on the payroll. We go like, hey, you know, Bacon, why don't you come back? You play. You do. You know, your you older dad have um his his own daughter could play the mother oh. of Jack, Sosie Bacon, who star of um the film Smile. Smile. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. You That'd know, interesting. I think we're kind of ignoring the elephant in the room about why one of the reasons this couple is so engaging is because Kevin Bacon's a real really good actor. Yeah, he is. Oh yeah, that that might help too. <laughs> like, helps, but I mean, that that draws you in. Like they're, I mean, we love these movies, but I mean, there's a, l- a little bit of dreck to them, I guess. And like when mm-hmm. you get really good actors in them, they elevate the material. I would agree. And what's funny is that the monologue is even given by him. It's given by, by, by Marcy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Here's a question I was thinking about because I, re- I revisited Footloose a couple weeks ago. And I, I really do like Footloose a lot. And I love the song. And I lose my mind every time it plays at a wedding. But was Kevin Bacon... Like on the same tier as as Cruz for a little bit before Top Gun, like they, they were won. maybe oh yeah, I think so. right. The like they were like, on the same. They were they were right there, right. And then Cruz just kind of took off after Top Gun, right. And you like, know what Kevin Bacon did, which was actually pretty smart, is he looked at the the landscape and he said, you know, how about this? I'll just be an incredible character actor, and, yeah. and then and then do well, every good movie for the next ten years that, that some respectable. <laughs> he really did. Doing. Yeah, well, not everything gonna, worked, but man, the ensembles were incredible that he was that he worked in. Well, Kevin Bacon looks like a character actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is I mean, Kevin Bacon is not ugly, but he has more distinctive features. Cruise is handsome. Cruise is sure. traditionally yeah. handsome. And what's uh, funny so is that like, Cruise kind of started off as a character actor. He did. In the early in the beginning, like in, yeah. in outsiders and taps and all that. So Yeah. And everyone's and it, I mean, course. he could play any type, like sometimes he even played characters that were five ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, There's no cruise slander, no cruise slander on here. Uh, hey, I'm still, know, I love I'm still movies. love him to death, and uh, you can get it on not Peacock but Paramount Plus right now. They're streaming his uh, <laughs> his new indie, uh, Top Gun Maverick. So go and check it out. It's a fun <laughs> film, Soar the Skies, with uh, one of Hollywood's greats. Who have we given free ads to in this episode? Can We're we giving free ads to everyone at this point. This Let's is one see, of the, Paramount you know. Plus with Showtime, yeah. Peacock, Tampax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, what else? That's, that's three so far. I think. Oh, the White Beatles. Ca- White Castles. White Castles. White Castle. We did do that. Yeah, we did. The Beatles. I'm drinking Jameson, so we're gonna give some free plugs to that. Mm. I love Van Jameson. Morrison's been getting some great plugs on this. Van Morrison. Episode. You could go check out his his tunes on Spotify. Another plug mm, that we can give. More. Thank you. Spotify. Let me think if I could give some more. Well, uh, no, I guess I'm done because look. Oh, you know, there's still more to go. We still have a couple more to go. We still so. got one more. We got one more that's in this list, and we got another little bonus uh, piece after this, but. Uh, well, you had mentioned we love the ensembles of the first three. Oh, here we the go. later ones, things get a little janky. But you know this was number one. You knew it was going to so, be number one. The oh, minute okay. you read yeah. the headline, it is 
my favorite couple in all of horror, almost all, almost. I would have to really look back back at that. I have to run the, the, the tape back on that. But number one, Tommy Jarvis and Megan from Jason Liz, Friday the 13th, part six, played by Tom Matthews and Jennifer Cook. We all had this one down. We had it very high. I had it number one. Justin, you had it number one. Vanderbilt, I feel like you didn't put it at number one because you knew that this would be number one. So maybe that's why <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it, it, that's what you no, know, you had the other ones. It's, it's because if we're talking in, in strict terms of what a couple is, yeah. they are not a couple till the end of the movie. That's the complication. Yeah, that's the complication. That's, Although, that, there, that's why Andy and Debbie are a better couple. Couple. Yeah, yeah, but they're like a couple here, kind of like how, you know, Rene Russo and Mel Gibson are a couple in part three of Lethal Weapon, right? It's like, um, uh, it's Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant and his girl Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah. it's the Jason Goes to Hell thing, too. They're not, they're not technically a couple in the movie, mm-hmm. but they were a couple and then they end up a couple again. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's, there's different ways of looking at right. the coupling of, of, the, of the characters. Oh, right? which is why I, I cannot disagree that this would be number one. Like, yeah. there's no argument against this. The, ke- I mean, uh, the chemistry is off the charts between chemistry is insane. We have our final boy, which is very rare, as we discussed in, in uh, our Evil Dead coverage last year. And Bruce being the Indiana Jones of the horror and the rare final boy there. But we got T- Tommy Jarvis, which, look, I'm tr- I was trying to think of an example of this, like of a situation in, in a franchise where you give us a character we love, which was obviously Corey Feldman's Tommy Jarvis. Then you continue his arc with a not-so-great performance in a not-so-great movie, New Beginning. I actually like New Beginning, but let's be real. It's not, it's, it's, it is kind of a letdown comparatively to, to Final Chapter. And especially New Beginning is a real hot take. New be- <laughs> it, you know, hot take according to Quentin Tarantino. But, uh, but then you, to come back this far and this, or this far away and then also this big with a new actor that essentially has now run away with the role. Like I, when I think of Tommy Jarvis, I think of Tom Matthews. I don't think of Corey Feldman anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I can't, I was trying to think of a franchise that this has happened. And the only thing I could think of is like James Bond, maybe <laughs> like, you know, where maybe you've had some pitfalls there and then all of a sudden another Bond comes back and you're like, oh, I'm back in the franchise and well, this character Mike, it's again. not even necessarily be, just because the last time we saw him, he was an adult. Because I, when I think of Jamie from Halloween, I still think of little Daniel Harris. I don't oh, think totally. about the actor who plays her in, in yeah. Curse of Michael Myers, you know? Yeah. So I, I think you, you guys mentioned the chemistry and I think we have to give credit where credit is due on Tommy McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A you know protege of Frank Capra, and I think more than any other Friday the Thirteenth movie, you do see a little bit of that classic Hollywood screwball comedy in their relationship. Oh yes, well specifically with Jennifer Cook because she yeah. just as Megan Garris, she's just like an absolute. I mean, especially when she's driving the car, you do feel like you're in like a like you're saying like a Capra esque movie in a mm-hmm. weird way. Just even the banter with him behind the bars and her flirting with him. I mean, that's right out of a... I know we're really doing like the old... Well, Captain America and Winter Soldier is really three days of a condor, if you think about it. But no, I mean, I, I think that... <laughs> no, you know, no, we're not. The because spirit is there. The spirit is there. I agree. So I'm saying. There is no doubt in, in, it's an influence. I'm not... It's informed. I, I wouldn't show Friday the 13th Part 6. No, no, no. Uh, I'm saying, uh, I didn't want to sound like I was coming off that way. <laughs> I, was this I, was like, I was like, no, okay, I understand what's happening, but I, I get the influence or the spirit was there in, that, in those scenes. I just, I just love her sense of humor in this movie, like when she's mocking her father... David Kagan, who plays uh, Sheriff Mike Garris, one of the more unfortunate deaths in this movie. And Oof. another great, another interesting character in the Friday the 13th series because he is not 
the overbearing father figure that you would have expected him to be played yeah. as in this movie. And he's uh, also the first father of the Friday the 13th series. Damn. Well, unless you get to right? Crystal Lake on Peacock when we get oh, to yeah. see Jason's <laughs> I heard papa. his dad, his grandfather yeah. was the old sheriff. You, know, you never know. Oh, he might, I, he I'm might so glad around. you guys took over the bit. That was great. Oh, well, yeah. Come his on, father. you never know. He's going to pop up in like episode oh, four man. and he'll be really be mean so, and uh, it'll be like be Dolores his... Claiborne for four episodes with, uh, oh, you know, with, with Pamela. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, why did this couple work? I mean, it, it is the chemistry, but there's a little bit more. I mean, is it because Megan's a little bit leads the way a little bit more than than Tommy? I mean, ultimately, Tommy comes in at the end and and closes things down. But I would argue, like for the majority of the movie, like Megan's at the wheel, literally, at some points. Um, yeah, because the other couples that we've mentioned, well, I think Jason goes to hell. No, because Stephen really, at the end of the day, I think he kind of is. No, but doesn't. And I'm talking to myself on the podcast, which is always exciting. <laughs> Who actually drives the dagger home and Jason goes to hell? Isn't it his, it is his, his niece, right? Because she's the only one that can kill him. Right. So she kind of has the last dance there, I guess. But Jenny and Paul are pretty much separated throughout the entire conclusion of, of the second movie. But yeah, I think. Tommy and Megan are together for Megan the Megan and part. Tommy are together for most of that, the finale. Yeah. I just love her to death. I mean, she's. Just insatiable in this movie. Just absolutely insatiable. Again, yeah. Just like two uh, fucking two fucking a stone cold fox and a rock hard hunk, these two together. Right. Great nice. looks too. I mean, I love the jacket on Tommy. She's got this cool sweater that she's got she's got going. And she also seems to be sort of like the Camp Crystal Lake uh matriarch in a weird way. Like she's almost like taking over a Pamela quality, <laughs> like making oh, sure no. everything's uh, you know, keeping together. Do you think this couple's still together after Jason lives? Like, if they, did they if they had done a sequel and the two of them are there, it's, it's probably going to follow just Tommy, right? We're not going to see Jennifer. We um, won't, but or, I, I choose to believe. Or Megan, I mean. That they are still together and that that was Tommy's happy ending. And even though Jason came back either a year later or 10 years later, according to the timeline, um, he was far, far away in California or something like that and was not was no longer concerned with Jason and they were happy together. That's my, that's my take. What about you, Vanderbilt? Do you think they're together? Yeah, absolutely. They have to be. It'd be disappointing if they weren't. Um, here's a question. Do we love Jason lives more because of this couple? I think absolutely. it doesn't hurt. Are they a big part? Are they at least like 60% of the reason why we love this movie? No, no, come on. Not that high. Okay. The 60, you could say 70% is because of Tommy McLaughlin, honestly. Yeah, I would say that. that movie. I would say that. Yeah, uh, but no, they're they're way up there. I mean, like I said, they're it's no coincidence that this is one of my favorite movies and that they're my favorite couple. You know, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Although, okay, do we do we bring this up now? The the couple that I think got left out that might actually be my favorite couple. Yeah, I think you got to do it because I thought we actually would have covered it with Jack. I thought you were actually going to be referencing. Really miss it. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to be Jack serious here. All right, In go terms for it. of a hangout. You know, chill area, maybe in the back of a van somewhere, smoking oh. out a little bit, relaxing, smoking, singing some songs to each other. Demon and Anita from Friday Thirteenth Part Five: oh, A New Beginning. Yeah. That your favorite couple? couple? Let's hang out. Love those two together. Uh, see, I I like Demon, but he also seems like he's kind of a piece of shit because I think I've expressed it. It sounds like he was about to beat Anita's ass. No, no, he wasn't. I don't get that. When she was fucking around, <laughs> when she was fucking around in the. I mean that's. I mean that when she was messing around on the uh, the the. I don't think I don't think that, think was, that was just playfulness. Be, no. That's playfulness. No, these two 
are they're they're a great couple. And and like the song is so memorable. In terms of all like the the couple events that happen in the movies that we that we always joke about, it's the ooh, ooh baby song that they sing yeah, to each other. Yeah, I mean that that's all they I remember the two by. Although I do remember that they I mean just them even singing together. That's what I'm saying. It seems it, look, like here, are good. And here, Justin, here's why I can't agree with this because as in, <laughs> as far as them being a couple. I don't know if you noticed in Demon's Van, but he has a bass. Oh, and musicians, here we go. Musicians are not to be trusted. Bassists are not to be trusted. Especially bassists. Yeah, I've always not. said that about Nikki Six. I've always said that about Nikki Six. <laughs> yeah. He's the Nikki he's the Nikki Six of Crystal Lake. Wow. Well, you know, and we're gonna you know find all else? about Demon's family in his in his uh was his grandfather who worked yeah. uh close to Crystal Lake at that uh <laughs> facility. We're gonna find out more about his childhood. In Peacock's Crystal Lake. Well, he was probably the sheriff around that time, so then he's probably going to be coming in and and seeing. I think everybody's a sheriff at some point. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I feel like they went through like thirty sheriffs around that area. You know, those small town elections, man. Anybody can do it. That's right. Really can. I mean, for God's sake, Clint Eastwood was like the mayor of Carmel. Man, (laughs) Justin, I forgot all about that until I was I was doing some research for Windy City Double Feature. We're doing a Clint Eastwood Double Feature, and I watched a clip of Don Rickles roasting eastwood ah. and he mentioned the mayor thing and i yeah. had forgotten completely about that and i was just in palm springs sonny bono was That's the right. mayor of palm springs yeah uh, unfortunately so demon he... could be the sheriff of camp crystal lake is what we're saying that's true oh, wow well, that'd be incredible i don't know after Maybe he got he kicked out grace and lived in the back know, of his van after his brief tenure in the band maserati look you all laugh well, we all are having a good joke, and we're all having fun laughing about this. But you know, when that fucking show comes out, it is going to be filled with all these Easter eggs, and there's going to be a hey, maybe ma- not Mike, massive so amounts. Mike, I'll, t- I'll talk filled with random sequels references. Bring him on. I, this will be like my blue milk of the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, like, oh my yeah. god, it's blue milk. And I'll I don't be, mind. I'll don't, be like, let's go. I'll bring him on. I'm happy, and, I'll be happy to hear it. And look, I know I'm talking a lot of shit about it now. But if it's good, I will admit that it's good. Halloween yeah. Ends has proved that yes, to everybody. That's true. That is true. Yeah. I mean, we are not I'm glad proud you brought that enough. up. Listen, the last thing people say about us is that we're proud to begin with. <laughs> but we're definitely not proud when it comes to our takes. Like, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. Um, I would rather as be proven as wrong about something bit. I don't think is going to be good, right? Of course. As long as we get a good wrong. bit out of it, right? Yeah. Well, any other honorable mention couples here? I don't um, think I, I think my I think my list, my whole list was was there. Yeah. Wow. Vanderbilt, congratulations on that. I'll, who didn't make my list? I'm trying. Who didn't make the list for me? I'm trying to think. Well, let me let me look here. It was um, out of oh, order. Oh, you know what? I liked. Who, oh no, make, I missed one. I, there, one there was nine. another one from three that you liked. Justin. No, no, or, no, yeah. not for me. It was for uh, me. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Justin. You go okay. ahead, Justin. Everybody made the list. Four of mine made the list, except I had Mark and Vicky. Mark and Vicky. It was part two. I meant. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like that. I like that couple. That's an example of a couple that was getting together. And was unfortunately not able to consummate the relationship um, because, of course, Mark got a machete to the face and Vicky got stabbed in her, in her cabin. Sadly. Well, do you want, this do you want is the chemistry full? there with the, the, video, a, the video game thing and everything. I had a sixth one. You so did. I, I had to do a list of ten. It was Court and Nicola from Part Six, and they're a great couple. That's the and RV. The, they're, the oh, RV. they're fun. That's yeah. a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. one. Because Although she comes out of nowhere, like he's 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 at work, and she mm-hmm. says, oh, "I'm gonna drive up, you know, yeah. in the night to hang <laughs> I out." I gotta be with her. Yeah, <laughs> and they're definitely yeah, yeah. a couple coupling at that point. Well, Mark and Vicky almost made it because they were we were neck to neck between Mark and Vicky and Stephen and Jessica. 
Mm. And I well, and I go. had to make I had to do a, a coin flip, and I ultimately conceded two that we had two. We already had one from part two. Got to shake it up a little bit. So let's That's just know you. that Mark and Vicky were right there. They're right there on the line. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of any others like beyond six though. I mean, obviously. You know, we we I just mentioned oh, that we have, from, I think, from just goes to hell, but like I mean, I really couldn't think of anyone from seven because even the lead is is a coupling in that one too. I just think that they're annoying. I, on my um, list of the worst couples, I believe number three, I have anyone in part seven. Yeah, yeah part seven. And I agree tough. with that. Um, well, oh, that's you know a good what? seg. That's a good seg. That's yeah, a good seg <laughs> because my worst easily. Yeah, we got our worst now, and I know, like I said earlier, the internet goes all up in arms when anyone posts a, a worst films of. Yada yada yada, whatever year you want to give it. And everyone lose their minds being like, do we have to do this? Do we need to to recognize the worst? Isn't it enough? And it's like, well, you know, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's fun to, it's, it's, to talk about fictional characters and say that they're <laughs> not that great. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna say the worst couple right now. And I tallied it up. And by our very prestigious board, uh, the award goes to does anyone want to guess? Does anyone oh, want to guess gotta, what it is? I got it. It's gotta be Steve and Alice. No, it's no. it's it's it was no almost way. close to Stephen Ellis because I I was gonna vote fat, but then I was thinking it's Eddie and Tina. From Thank you. Me oh, too. Uh, they're oh, my number the two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, they're yeah. from A New Beginning. Mm-hmm. They're like that really wild couple, and and he picks on or plays the prank on Tommy in the movie, and then they die in the woods together. Oh, just yeah. shut up. Oh, yeah, it's so Not annoying. Good. Not good. Ugh. I mean. How could it? I'm surprised it wasn't a very attractive couple. I should say though, oh, extremely indeed. attractive. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Steve, but, and Al- Steve and Alice is just like well, that's honorable mention for worst couple for me because, because that's like what is going on here. Yeah. that's what that is. You know, yeah. I think, well, I think also, that that's, that's come to an end in the, in the movie too. It has, and it seems as if like she's like insisting that she stick around, ostensibly responsible for her death. When you think about it, if she just would have bailed that day, yeah. She never would have been found with her fucking head cut off. Because I feel like it, it, her and Bill are going to become something, but they're over, they're superseded by Jack and Marcy for me. So mm-hmm. that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. And didn't we discover that that Steve in that movie is like twenty eight years old or stuff like that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty he young. Like he's actually pretty young old. in it. He, we make it seem like he's like this. You know, <laughs> we make it seem old. like he's DiCaprio. He, he looks yeah. like he's fifty five years old. I think uh, he's thirty or something like that. God, could you? Uh, do we need to do? Should we do like ten minutes on DiCaprio right now? Do you think the, the Twitter's covered it for us? I, I think have, finally we've we've reached a, a breaking point, right? I think finally I have, an, opi- about I have DiCaprio. an opinion on it. That's for sure. No, oh, I, I, you know, yeah. what? I'm not gonna yeah. even give my opinion. I think we should save it though, because I think uh, right now I'm getting a little too cold. It's a little shivery out here, so I think we I think it's time we put the ice on the fire and we sneak out of the woods before. Uh, our man incel Voorhees <laughs> comes in and uh, ruins our fun. So let's get the fuck out of here. Before we go, though, let's kind of tell everyone where we're going to go next because this gets a little confusing. You know, as we go mm. back to these franchises, we kind of have to stress where we are. Before you do that, Vanderbilt, what's going on with you? I know you got like seven different podcasts. You know, you have this <laughs> other fucking VHS company that you're doing. You're out in Palm Springs. God knows what fucking things you're setting up over there. <laughs> what's going on? What, what, what's happening? Give us a laundry list of everything you're doing right now. Uh, this episode's coming out on the 13th, yes? Uh, yeah, it is. Actually, weirdly oh, weird. enough, it's coming out on the 13th. Yeah. Ooh, Monday the 13th. <laughs> All the worst. Even scary work. <laughs> but you're It's Garfield's least favorite. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Garfield. Wow. Uh, oh, no. Oh. 
I got. Can I tell you a quick Garfield story? Yeah, please do. I'm always up for a Garfield story. We've got two hours. We got. We have vamp. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta make this we three got, hours. Yeah, we, we this. We might actually make this. Oh no, never mind. We already went over no, an hour. I actually thought this was only going to be forty minutes, but whatever. That's, we uh, were, well, that was insane to think that was going to happen. I know. I know. We were showing. A Nightmare on Elm Street at the Rock Island Public House Drive-In. And uh, some regulars, some friends of ours came to see it. They brought some friends who had never been to the bar before. And their friend was just annihilated, drunk. And my friend, Asia, who sometimes listens to the show, and big big horror nut, she starts talking about how good the Garfield Halloween special is. Mm. And the girl who was intoxicated just kind of catches the tail end of it and says, Garfield? I ain't scared of motherfucking Garfield. <laughs> and I've been tickled about that ever since. But what do I have going on? On the uh, 14th at Rock Island Public House, we've got heart-shaped pizzas, and we're showing Pretty Woman. on the, the we got a new projector screen on the inside of the bar, so we'll be doing that at 7.30. I'm showing His Girl Friday at the Lyric oh. Theater on Wednesday. I'll be behind the stick for that one as well. Uh we're working on a new release for our VHS label. Our first release, uh, a short film by our man Rafael Martinez, is sold out. So uh, if you have a, if you got a copy of that, you have a collector's item on your hand, ladies and gentlemen. Very cool. And then uh, keep an eye out for Windy CD Double Feature and Cheap Tracks still rocking and rolling on the podcast world. Christ. That's a lot. Anything else? Though? I, I did two, yeah, I was going to say. Do you I have any you other have things you want to add? Are you, are you going to start on. a restaurant? Is there another? Oh, like, oh, you should. You should go. See, oh no, it's playing this Friday. Uh, Psychos in Love is playing at the Music Box as part of the Music Box of Horrors. It will have already happened. Yeah, I love this Music happened. Box of Horrors series that's going on year round. It's been so much fun. I went out. God damn it! What was the one I went to in January? It was one of the Giallo Tuesdays. One of the Giallo ones. Uh, was yeah. it Clint Eastwood's Tightrope? No, I missed that because I was out in the suburbs at that time. But I, I really wanted to watch that one, and it was it was the, I think it was the week before that. But I, Severin Films were there, and I managed to get the Changeling on Blu-ray because like, I haven't seen that movie enough. And I was I've been really enjoying it. Like I've been watching a lot of the the, the special features on it. Really good pe- good piece. But it was just fun to have like these monthly events because it just it you know there was only one table there, but it felt like an event. And it was hey fun, man, it's so. like uh, you kind of like uh, not creating a scene, but you got to give people on the scene a place to go and do yeah. things and meet people. And I think especially in this box, weather too, get them out of the house. Yeah, yeah. music box is a perfect place to do that. We got some cool stuff coming up uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, too. you know, you know what, what I got to say? You mentioned you mentioned Pretty Woman cinematography by Charles Minsky, who of course did cinematography for. You're beginning. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Oh, cool. Starring Amy Steele as uh, Kit Graham, of course, played, who was, who of course played Guinea. 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 Friday 13th Part yeah, 2. I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> and who also played the, who played the Git and uh, let's not forget. Okay. Here <laughs> we go with this joke. Any, anything else going on, Vanderbilt? That I, you, I, I think I, that's, I, it? I, that, that's it. All right. All right. Well, before. You know, be sure to check out everything. Uh, by the way, where, where can they find you? Because Twitter's uh, is a little wild. Twitter sucks did you, lately, did you, did you leave Twitter? No, like I'm still there, did? but like I never see it. When you log into Twitter now, it automatically goes to the for you section, does, which which sucks. Really makes me terrified of what people think of me if this is what they think I want to read. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even in the following section, I don't even see anything from my favorite accounts anymore and i yeah. barely get any interaction unless i do one of those stupid uh i can't believe there's people out there that think yeah. friday the 13th part five is a bad movie well which, isn't everybody anybody can be verified now which is also messed things oh, up too right you know what as much as i i believe in 
leveling the playing field and everybody should have a voice to say the other thing. The blue check mark really helped because I wouldn't automatically assume whatever a blue check mark account said was real, but it made it much easier to kind of verify where that source was coming from. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I know we're on the whole social media discourse now, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's been, I've, I left, but I'm sure it's great. Over it there makes right it now. difficult because you're like, well, is this real or is this just bullshit? Exactly. That's, yeah. that's Twitter. So I'm still there. I'm still on Twitter. Uh, Instagram's fine. I can't get the hang of TikTok. No, don't yeah. do it. Just I don't reached do it. out. It's not worth it. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, Justin, why don't you tell our campers what we're doing for the rest of the month? Well, you know, we're going to go from Crystal Lake to Chicago by way of the Universal Studios backlot for Child's Play 2. <laughs> yep. Now that's dropping. We're recording that this weekend, coming out, yep. I guess, next weekend. So that's the big episode. It's going to be a big one. There's a lot to talk about with that. I know that you're going to be on there and yeah. Loser Club. Remember, Randall Colburn will be joining us. Very rare. Randall really only does like one a year, I feel like, because of the uh, the, the overlap. But that should be a fun episode. Hey, what else is going on this month, Mike? Maniac Cop. <laughs> well, oh, thank yeah. you, Justin. <laughs> We're going to be doing Maniac Cop over in the rental. I'm taking a break from the rental, but uh, my man Vanderbilt over here, mm. he's leading that one. So that should be fun. And we just dropped our Burbs commentary. So you can go that find that over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Fast forwarded through a bunch of it while I was editing and leveling it. And it sounded like a lot of fun. It, it, it really did. So It was a fun time. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Burbs, but I, I, am, I love big sections of it. I think that the ending for me, I, I feel like the ending always kind of was just like, oh, okay. But I need to revisit it. It's been a while. I remember liking the soundtrack a lot, too. But anyway, you can get that, all of it, again, at www.patreon.com slash Pod. So much content out there. Mm. I mean, we just did three hours on Invasion of the Body Snatchers last month, and it just feels like, a, all right, check that box. Here we go. Let's go. Let's keep moving. But realistically, all that stuff's in there. And there's, I mean, hundreds of hours. So if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? Well, I want to thank our editor, the great May Schultz mm-hmm. putting this together. If it wasn't for her, we would be absolutely screwed. And these episodes wouldn't be coming together because uh, let's just say I don't have, there's not enough time in the world. So, and they wouldn't sound as good as this too, because the, the she knows how to level an episode. Let's just say that. And I also want to give a thanks to my boy, Charlie Lawrence with the most who put together the great theme song that you hear on this one. We always go back. Well, this is something that we're going to be actually doing as we go back to our franchises. We're going to go back to the bumpers that are from mm. those franchises too. So you heard, I believe this one is Hold On from The Most, which is off of Mostified, and you can get that at Spotify or on Bandcamp. Probably go to Bandcamp, give them some bucks. That's, that'd hey, we promoted Bandcamp. We did. How about hey. that? That's another one. We did it. So we checked that one off. This has been fun. And you heard, Justin, we're going back to the toy box. But look, we've already been around these parts, Camp Crystal Lake, twice this year. And a little birdie called my Apple calendar tells me that there's another Friday the 13th this year. So rest assured, our campy days are far from over. But until then, kill, kill, kill. Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. <laughs>
This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs> 